Great morning. Time has really gotten away on us, so we're going to have to, I'm going to have to preach on uh, in fifth gear here. Are you ready? Got your seatbelts on. We're, uh, we're in a series on the life of Joseph called Training for Reigning. And uh, we've, this is week number five of six. I'm going to uh, be away next week, but the, when I come back, we'll finish off this series. Six-week series uh, looking at how God works in, not only in Joseph's life, but in our lives to, um, yeah, to, to every day equip us in the experiences and things that we face um, so that, that he can raise us up to the next level of authority that he has for us. God is always equipping us. He's always preparing us for what's next. And, uh, and God did that in Joseph's life, and he's doing it in ours as well. So today we're talking about step into your Kairos moment. Sorry that says that it's number four, but it's actually number five. Forgot to change that slide. Um, step into your kairos moment. The word kairos is not an English word, so if you don't recognize it, there's probably a good reason for that. But it's a very important Greek word in the, the, the language in which the New Testament was written in. And uh, so we want to dig into the meaning of this word a little bit before we jump into Joseph's story because it's so such an important word. So everybody say kairos. Um, the word kairos kind of means divine appointment or special moment. Um, it's, uh, uh, the word is found in, in the New Testament, in the Greek language, it's found 86 times just in the, in the New Testament, 86 times. In the uh, Greek translation of the Old Testament, called the Septuagint, which in the first, the first century Christians, that would have been their Bible, okay, the Septuagint. And it appears in that book uh, 302 times. So in, in all of the Bible, it appears 388 times. It's a really huge concept and a really important word in scripture and uh and just some examples of what it means in in uh it, it kind of means appointed season in titus chapter one uh, paul is is introducing his his letter to titus a young leader and uh, he's talking about uh the gospel and he says uh that his message comes in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. That's pretty cool. God promised what Jesus would do for you and I. The gospel, God promised it before the beginning of time, he says. And which now at his appointed season, he has brought to light. God planned through all of eternity, for that moment when Jesus would be born, would live, would die, would, would be raised from the dead for you and I. 
Um, so, so there was a timing to God's activity in the world. Second, a, another way that it's translated is opportunity. Uh, Ephesians 5 verse 16 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, every kairos moment, because the days are evil. A similar passage in Colossians 4 verse 5 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, those who don't yet know Christ. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every kairos, every divine appointment, every special moment that God puts before you. Revelation 1, um, it, kairos is translated the time the time how many know we're waiting for the time amen so blessed is the one it says in chapter 1 verse 3 blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy the book of revelation and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near God's kairos moment, the moment when God will crack the sky and Jesus will come, right? Revelation 22, verse 10. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of this prof the prophecy of this scroll because the time is near. Um, the right time or the proper time, Romans 5, verse 6, says you see it just the right time, just at the kairos, we, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus died at a kairos moment, a divinely appointed moment in history. Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, at the kairos, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. God has a divine appointment for you to reap. Isn't that good? Right? Folks, God has a plan. He has a plan for the universe. He has a plan um, for humanity. And He has a plan for your life. Is everything that happens... God's plan? No. Absolutely not. Okay? God does not plan domestic abuse. God does not plan your sin. God does not plan murder or social injustice or racism. God doesn't plan evil of any kind. Right? But does evil catch God by surprise? No, never. Does God have the ability to work His plan around the evil that people do and around the mistakes and failures that we make? Yes. So God's divine appointments don't fall apart because we miss them or because you know, we mess up sometimes. But God is brilliant and God is able to work out his plan no matter what God orders our days scripture says 
And he has divine appointments, opportunities waiting for us everywhere. This is part of what makes following Jesus such an amazing adventure. That's what it's meant to be. Following Jesus is not some killjoy burden that we're supposed to bear. Following Jesus is meant to be the greatest adventure of your life. Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. And so his ministry was going around looking for kairos moments. Looking for moments that the Father had planted in his life so that at just the right moment, Jesus would do what he was called to do. So here are some things that I think we can learn from Joseph's life and, uh, and about this idea of kairos. First of all, we need to recognize the moments. Here's the, here's the challenge. Our kairos moments sometimes come disguised as crises. President John F. Kennedy uh, once famously quipped that the word for crisis in the Chinese script is made of two characters. One meaning danger and the other meaning opportunity. And after talking about Joseph for five weeks, um, I think we know him a little bit by now. Would you say that Joseph experienced some crises in his life? Yeah, big time, right? I, I mean, I doubt that many of us would be able to compare all of the crises in our lives with the crises that Joseph experienced in just 13 years of his story that, that we've talked about. I mean, he crammed a lot of crises into 13 years, right? Um, and yet, time after time, Joseph passes the test over and over um, of, of turning those crises moments into opportunities. Why? Why is, why is Joseph able to do that again and again? he's somehow able to recognize that the crisis is not the the crisis is not just danger but it is also a crucial moment of change it is an opportunity to see what god is up to there has never been a crisis in your life where god hasn't also provided you with the resources you need to deal with it not one. You may, you may not have recognized God's provision. You may not have recognized God's hand at work, but guaranteed He was there providing you what you needed for that moment. And so rather than panic when a crisis comes, we should be excited about crisis. <laughs> right? should be excited about crisis because it means God wants to show us another aspect of his supernatural power and provision at work in our lives. Maybe that's what James meant when he said, count it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Here comes a trial. Yeah! 
I get to show God at work in my life. Yeah, right? I wonder what God's going to do now. A crisis is a moment when what is inside of us will be shown for what it is, good or bad. The discipline of years of preparation, the emotional state of our heart before God, the investments that we've made into our spiritual maturity, or not. In Jesus' parable about the five wise and five foolish virgins, the arrival of the bridegroom was the crisis. And the, 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 the five foolish virgins running out of oil was the crisis. And the five who had been prepared were ready when the moment of crisis arrived. But those that were not prepared were left outside. Your moment, your Kairos moment may not be right in front of you right this second, but my question to you today is, are you preparing for it? You're not going to want to start preparing for your crisis moment, for your Kairos moment when it arrives. It will be too late. Right? Are you spending time with the Lord every day, growing your relationship with Him so that when you need to know His heart, your intimacy with Him will show? Are you spending time in His words so that when you need to draw on the wisdom of Scripture, it's right there on your tongue? Are you taking opportunities to stretch your faith by believing God for answers to prayer so that when the moment requires you to have a, a great level of authority, you know who you are in Christ and you have the courage to act in faith because you've been preparing. After his father Jacob died, Joseph's brothers were fearful that Joseph would take the opportunity to take vengeance for all they had done to him over the years. But instead, Joseph said to his brothers, don't be afraid. This is uh, Genesis 50, verse 19. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended harm to me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. We're going to dig into that a little more in a couple weeks. But um, so, so Joseph reassures them and he speaks kindly to them. Joseph, the only way that he ended up there, that he could have that attitude then, you know, how many know, you know, we know that, that, um, uh, that hindsight is, is always twenty twenty, right? We can look back on our lives and recognize God's hand at work. Many of us have experienced that. You know, you go through the trials, you go through the troubles, and you're like, why? What's, you know, why am I? And then, 
you know, years later, you can look back and say, oh, I see God's hand at work, right? Um, but Joseph, the only way he could end up there, faithful and obedient step one at a time, is that Joseph didn't just have 20-20 hindsight, but Joseph had 20-20 vision every day. He was able to see the crises, the moments in his life as kairos moments where God wanted to do something and he trusted God. Because he had not just hindsight 2020, but he had daily 2020. He was always looking for those kairos moments, looking for God at work. Then when trouble showed up, he knew that God was working a miracle to make a way. How many would like some 2020 right now vision? Right? To see the Kairos moments in our lives. To see that God is up to something. You may not see all of what God is doing, but you see enough to know this is a moment that if I drop the ball here, It will cause me trouble down the road. But if, I, but if I trust God right now, if I, if I seize this moment right now, it's going to open something up for me. Right? Secondly, step into the moments. So, in Genesis 39... We've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks in, in uh, Genesis 39. Going back there, Genesis 39, starting in verse 12. Nope, not starting in verse 12. <laughs> Sorry, 37 verse 12. I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay, now, so it says, Now his brothers... Uh, Joseph's brothers, had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. Everybody say Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, Joseph replied. Uh, so he said to him, jo- Jacob said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent them off from the valley of Hebron. Everybody say Hebron. Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, so it sounds like it, he just went like down the street, but it's actually like an 80 kilometer walk. So when Joseph arrived at Shechem, Took him weeks or day, days or weeks to get there. A man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are ga- grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. Everybody say Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him in one of these cisterns. 
and say that a ferocious animal devoured him, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard of this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness. But don't lay a hand on him, Reuben said. This, Reuben said this to rescue him from them. Take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. They took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So Hebron is where Jacob and his family are living. Hebron. Um, Hebron is a place of refuge. Hebron literally means um, a place of joining. And Hebron would later become known as one of the six cities of refuge in the nation of Israel. So Hebron represents safety and refuge. Joseph leaves Hebron, goes to Shechem. Shechem in Hebrew means shoulder. And in Hebrew, it was a word that meant shouldering responsibility. He doesn't find his brothers there and leaves Shechem and he goes to Dothan. Dothan means well. And so Joseph goes to meet his brothers there and is, they strip him, beat him up, throw him into the well. And so he goes from the place of refuge to the place of responsibility and then to the place of rejection. From the place of refuge to the place of responsibility to the place of rejection. Joseph may not have known how life-changing this journey was going to be for him. But he knows when he sets out that it will not be an easy trip. It will not be a short trip. And he knows it will involve hardship. Because he knows the animosity of his brothers is waiting for him at the other end of this journey. He knows that he is risking rejection. Yet he goes because he's determined to be obedient to his father. He knows that his path is carrying him not only to his father's will, but to whatever God's will has for him, whatever God is leading him to. He knows his life is about something bigger than sheep. When I was preparing this, I thought of the words of Bilbo Baggins to his nephew Frodo. That will be wasted on some of you, but some of you will get it. And Bilbo said, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step into the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Many of us want to be safe more than we want just about anything. And if we have to venture out at all, we want our path to be simple and straight and safe. Trouble-free. 
You might have seen this floating around Facebook now and then. Your plan, God just get me from here to there. No obstacles, no hills, no troubles, no problems. Just, just get me from here to there. Nice and safe. That's what I want. But God knows that every obstacle, every challenge, every hill, every crisis has a moment of transformation waiting in it for us. A moment when He will equip us and empower us and grow us like nothing else can. Kairos moments. We want to be safe, but that's not what we were meant for. I love ships and I've got a bunch of sailing ships in my office and one of my favorite quotes right is ships a ship in a harbor is safe but that's not what ships were made for right we have domesticated the christian life we think that god's biggest job in the universe is to keep us safe But God has called us to live a life of adventure and growth. He hasn't called us to be safe, but to be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. The kairos opportunities are all around us, but it would mean taking a step out of our comfort zone. A step of responsibility and obedience. Maybe even risking rejection. If we don't take steps of obedience, we will never see the growth and blessing that come with them. If Peter had never stepped out of the boat, he would never have experienced walking on water with Jesus. So many miracles, folks, are waiting to be activated by our obedient step. Take the step. You will know what the obedient step is when the Kairos moment is in front of you. Sometimes you'll watch it pass you by. Oh, that was the moment. Missed it. I've been there. And then I've said, Lord, help me to, help me to not miss the next one. Help me to have the courage to say yes to the next one. Thirdly and lastly this morning, moments lead to other moments. Kairos moments lead to other Kairos moments. Some Kairos moments only open up after we've been obedient in smaller moments. Pam and I recently uh, heard a Bible teacher talk about uh, learning to hear God's voice. And he said that in his school where he trains up people in prophetic ministry. Um, He teaches his students to learn to hear God in little things first. He says they they might hear God say something like, pick up that piece of trash on the floor. And if they don't obey God in that, they're not ready to hear the bigger things. It might seem silly, 
But God wants to speak to us. He wants to train us in small things so that we can hear Him in bigger things. Sometimes we miss God's leading because we're listening for the and haven't been obedient in the small things. Joseph was obedient to his father when he knew it was going to be difficult. He was obedient in his work habits as a slave. He was obedient when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. And if he hadn't been in, in obedient when all those other moments had happened, he wouldn't have been prepared to give the baker and the cupbearer the interpretation of their dreams. And if he hadn't learned to interpret their dreams, he wouldn't have been ready to stand before Pharaoh. Maybe you're waiting for the big break, the big opportunity to shine, but you haven't learned to pick up the trash. You haven't learned to see the little Kairos moments that are around you every day. Jesus, as we said, lived every moment in response to his father's voice. I think of the day that he was on his way somewhere and some guy named Jairus comes up to him and interrupts his plans. Can you imagine? Interrupts Jesus' plans. And says, my daughter's 12 years old. She's dying. Will you come and heal her? And Jesus doesn't say, ah, excuse me, I've got a plan. Get out of my way. He, he, he recognizes the Father's voice. He recognizes his Kairos moment. And he says yes. And on his way to Jairus' house, another woman comes up and interrupts him, grabbing the hem of his garment, and, and she's healed from 12 years of bleeding. And Jesus stops, and gives her his attention, and he recognizes the Father's hand, and he seizes the Kairos moment. Jesus wants us to live every moment in response to his voice. John 10, verse 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This life that we are called to is not just about praying a sinner's prayer so we have fire insurance to keep us out of hell. It's meant to be an everyday journey of adventure lived with Jesus, following His voice, doing the works that He's prepared in advance for us to do. Let me suggest that if, we, if, we've, never, if we've never stepped into those moments that Jesus has for us, then we're missing out on the purpose of why we were saved. It isn't, Jesus' work in your life isn't just about you, but it's about finding your divine appointments and carrying out the Father's assignment for your life. And if you've not stepped into your moments, 
it's never too late to start the adventure. So I'm going to ask the musicians to come on up. I'm going to get you to stand. Sorry we've gone a little later than usual this morning, but uh, you're okay. I know you are. So what can we learn from Joseph today? God has kairos moments, divine appointments for you regularly. And we need to learn to watch for them in our lives. Some of them are disguised as crises. Whenever we encounter a crisis in our lives, we should be on the lookout for God's supernatural provision. He never leaves us stranded without what we need for the moment. God has not called us to be safe, but to be dangerous. And to step out in obedience and faith because that will activate God's breakthrough in our lives. When the moment is right, you will know the step of obedience you're to take. Step into your moment. And as you step out in obedience, each victory will open new opportunities. Trust God to lead you step by step. Father God, we thank you today for your love, your goodness, your faithfulness in our lives. Thank you for the, the kairos moments that you have in store for each one of us. Divine appointments. Thank you for the, the, the strength, the presence of the Spirit of God that you've put on the inside of every follower of Jesus. That God, you've already given us everything we need for those kairos moments. All we need to do is to step out in obedience and courage and do what you called us to do. So God, I pray today that you would raise up a new generation of courageous, obedient followers of Christ. That we would walk in what you've called us to walk in. We give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, amen.